Why, hello there, everyone, and welcome back to the movies and television podcast. It's already February, and we, it's, it's only February, and I've already fucked up recording schedules. Woo, yay! New Year, same bullshit. Hey, at least we're trying. <laughs> As always, I'm dead. We got cave. Hi. I watched things this time. As did I. Of course, the first reason we didn't record the first time was because somebody hadn't watched things. Yeah, I I fell off a little bit. Like, I, I've been thinking about this just a lot lately. It's like my relation to the things I enjoy now as a result of doing this for the past 10 years. And that kind of led me down this weird existential rabbit hole. Where I was like, do I even enjoy the things I enjoy anymore? I know that feeling. But yeah, it turns out I still do. It's one of the reasons why I stopped being a critic. I just couldn't enjoy anything anymore. So I was like, yeah, I'm done. Well, for reference, keep coming on this podcast. We critically discuss movies and television. Ah, but I'm not a critic anymore. Yeah, I just give my opinions on TV and movies and stuff. What do you think I am? Some kind of critic? <laughs> exactly. <sighs> if it wasn't you saying it, <laughs> that would piss me off so fucking much. Because Be- you know I'm taking the piss? or Yeah, because I know you're not being serious about it. Like So many fucking people out there have this weird skewed perspective on what being a critic means. Yeah. I critique things. I just don't view it as my job anymore, which is how I used to view it. Yeah. Like, Hey, for anybody out there who has ever gotten genuinely angry about a Metacritic score, not agreeing with your opinion of a thing for for the first thing for for anyone who has vehemently defended something that they like that they were like this is the best thing ever <laughs> you're a critic deal with it yeah fuck's sake and critics themselves like as a profession the job of a critic is to in a somewhat entertaining or engaging way say what they liked and didn't like about a thing and then try and convince you that their opinion is right. No, not even that. Fuck that. They don't give a fuck if you agree with them. Eh, some of them give a fuck. A lot of them give a fuck. Yeah, everyone I follow doesn't care. Like, the job of a critic is not to go, hey, you, agree with me. Job of a critic is to go, hey, a thing came out. This is what I think of it. That's it. That's all you need to do to be a critic. Like, yes, yes, there is more, like, nuance into doing it as an actual profession. But if you want to call yourself a critic, then what you got to do is go, hey, this thing came out. My thoughts. Ha, ha, ha. And if you want to be an internet critic, then just talk, do it into a microphone and post it online where no one will see it. 
Hej. Hmm. Well, speaking of things that just came out, there's new Power Rangers. It's good. I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. Yeah, so... I don't mind if you spoil it for me, but I haven't gotten a chance to see it, so I can't comment on it. Yeah, so Power Rangers Dino Fury. It is the new season. It is the fourth season of the 28 seasons of Power Rangers to be based on dinosaurs. It doesn't feel like... Four doesn't feel like a lot. Sorry, four isn't a lot, but it feels like a lot. Especially when you take into account the first two, was it? Was like a hundred episodes of Dinosaur? Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Just like there's more shit out there than dinosaurs, y'all. Dinosaurs are cool. Yeah, but dear God. There are other options. Yeah, like trains. I like trains. I still want to see that season. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to see Train Ranger. Yeah. So do I, man. It looked... Train Rangers are neat. But anyway, yeah. So this season. Um, first episode has aired so far. Um, the second episode is going to be airing shortly after, uh, like, the, the day after this podcast goes up. Which is to say tomorrow. Because we're recording this on Friday, and hopefully it'll be going up on Friday. Fingers crossed. Yes, but uh, yeah. So with this season, um, it starts off, and we get our team. We get our initial team of three. There is. Ooh, I always love seasons with teams of three. Yeah, and I don't know if have we had like a team of three with a pink ranger? Because isn't the team usually three usually red, blue, yellow? Um, I no, I don't think we've had a pink ranger in our in our initial team before. Yeah, like unless you count SPD because they technically had a team of three power rangers before they got the final two. They di- they didn't get the ranger powers though, did they? Fair enough. <laughs> they weren't rangers until they got the ranger powers. So fair enough. But yeah, so uh, season starts. Episode starts out with Amelia, uh, our soon to be pink ranger. Who works for Buzz Blast? Can you guess what they are? Uh, a soda company. Nope, BuzzFeed. Oh, good lord in heaven! Yeah, like like she she like fucking just scooters into work, uh, meets up with her boss, and her boss is. By the way, BuzzFeed, if you want to hire me, <laughs> don't you? No, no, you don't. You don't. I know you think you do. You don't. Yes, you do. Hire me. No, I mean you, Cave. I will post content once in a blue moon and then demand you pay me exorbitant amounts of money. They will fire you in a second. I'm okay with that. I can put it on my resume. <laughs> yeah, I worked... It's like, all right, I see you worked at BuzzFeed from 2021 to 2021. Yep. How long a period of time actually was that? Two days. And then I quit because I have my own morals. I'm not going to call BuzzFeed. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre having... It's very bizarre having a Power Ranger season be this modern, I guess. Because, like, they, I'm trying to, like, think back of, like, earlier Power Ranger seasons. 
even though they've had like, hey, we are in we are in the present, whatever the show comes out. Like they've never done like a fucking throwback season where it's like, where it's like, hey, it came out in 2017, but we're acting like it's the 80s. I would love that. Yeah, that'd be a neat idea. But they've never done that. It's always just been, it's always just been, hey, this takes place in ambiguous time surrounding the now. This is the first time where it's felt, where it has felt very much taking place in just in now, now. Because like, fuck, they, like, one of the early things we see is, is a video of Amelia that she posted for Buzz Blast of her reviewing different glow-in-the-dark lip glosses. And the thing ends with her saying, "Be sure don't don't forget to like, share, and subscribe." Oh man, that's yeah. making me feel old. Yeah, it's so weird. But yeah, so while working there, she's been trying to convince her boss to let her like write up a story for, like, do a do a story for Buzz Blast about the paranormal because she fucking loves ghosts. Paranormal what? Anything paranormal? Aliens? Ghosts? Fucking? Some weird rocks. Who gives a shit? As long as it's fucking freaky. She loves that shit. She wants in on it. And she eventually convinces her boss to let her do a story surrounding Dinohenge. A circle of dinosaur statues out in the woods that you need a permit to visit. Obviously. Okay. Obviously, she does not have a permit. So she sneaks to the woods with an electrified net gun with a GoPro t- attached to it. An electrified net gun? Yes, Why? She, because she thinks it'll catch a ghost. She bought it off the internet and it said ghost hunting gun. So of course she bought it. She All got right, it. So, uh, she fun got it fact, off, yeah, folks. She got it off of whatever. The vast majority of ghost hunting gear is literally just something labeled ghost hunting gear. It doesn't actually work. I feel offended that you felt the need to tell our audience that. I feel like I have to tell our audience that because of what happened in America over the past four fucking years. I assumed there were more intelligent people than that. I'm assuming that if the people are finding our shit, then they're on our level. <laughs> but anyway. I'm not anymore. I'm not anymore. <laughs> Anyway, so she goes out into the woods, GoProing herself hunting ghosts, and eventually ends up catching Ollie, who will become the Blue Ranger. Uh, he's out there with In his an mom. electrified net. Yes. He's out there with his mom. Okay. His mom's like an archaeologist or some shit. She is examining Dino Henge. Uh, the two of them get into an argument with Amelia going, hey, ghosts are real. And he goes, dumbass science. And that is dumbass, comma, science, not a dumbass science. And then our villain shows either, up. honestly. Yeah. And then our villain shows up, a guy called Void Knight. He just kind of descends from the sky and begins looking for an energy source, blowing a hole beneath Dinohenge, where there is a big old, for lack of a better term, command center. And inside of it is a bipedal talking cybernetic dinosaur. Who reveals that she has in stasis a Red Ranger? Why? Why what? Why does she have a Red Ranger in stasis? Because what is, what is, 
Because I'll get to that. So yeah, he finds what he's looking for. A box of shit called Sporix. They're these weird, like there's weird like uh, like bulbous undulating like egg things. That he begins that he begins to take, and he's like threatening to fucking kill the cyborg dinosaur lady, at which point Ollie and Amelia step in because they don't want to see the dinosaur get murdered. And they get into and they 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 end up actually like catching Void Knight in the electrified net, which holds him for like a second. At which which point he like which point like the dinosaur throws them a key that's supposed to be used to activate these uh these like soldiers that are kind of like standing around the central like area uh, called Hengemen. But then Void Knight grabs the key, gets it activated. Now we have our putties for the season. I was about to say, are those our, are those our putties? Because <laughs> that's actually a really good name. Yeah, it's a great name. And it's also a interesting way to set up the actual, like, having the putties. Because up until now, it's just been, hey, we have these foot soldiers. With this thing, he actively stole the Rangers' foot soldiers. Which means part of it is going to be the Rangers trying to get them back. Yes, that's clever. I like that. Oh, you, uh, it gets better. So... As they're fucking fighting, um, like they're they're starting to get like fucking pushed back by the henchmen. The void knight's starting to get them fucky. Uh, so then the dinosaur throws them two more keys, which then turn them into rangers, the blue and pink respectively. They're like, hell yes, dude, let's go. We're Power Rangers now. This is fucking awesome because they know. So what pa- they knew about Power Rangers ahead of time. They or knew what power- is this another world were. I believe they knew what Power Rangers were. Oh yes. Those are my favorite seasons. The ones where they acknowledge, yeah, there's a history here. Yeah, they start fucking fighting, and the dinosaur finally manages to wake up the Red Ranger. And the Red Ranger's like, okay, fuck, what's happening? Who are they? He's like, oh, they're friendly. All right, sick. Hey, bad guy, let's go. Have we seen the Red Ranger demorphed yet? Not yet. He's entirely morphed. Really? He's entirely morphed until the end of the episode. It's not like a. It's not like okay. a. It's not like a. He takes off the helmet and then, hey, here he is. End of episode. He like. Well, hey, I'll here he is. It's Tommy Oliver again. <laughs> it is very much not. <laughs> but yeah, they. But yeah, they get fighting. Um, and through a, and through a collective fuck up on both the Red Ranger and the Void Knight's part, the Sporks get released, and they just kind of fly out into the sky and land themselves all around the area of Dino Henge, which is the city they're in. And so they named themselves after a landmark that you need a permit to go see. No, what I, what I, what that, what I sent was supposed to say was it's spread around the area. It's spread around the area, which is the area, which is the city where Dino Henge is located. The city is not called Dino oh, okay. Henge. Okay. Yeah, that, right. that was my fuck up. As soon as I said it, I was like, ah, fuck. Okay. I know what the, I know what the thing is now. Yes, yeah, so the Sporex go flying off, um, and then the Red Ranger demorphs and reveals, hey, he's an alien. Oh, awesome. Yeah, he has these uh, he has these two little head antennas, and when touching people, he can read their minds. So, turns out, he is from a planet... It's Dino Fury? Yes, Dino Fury. Turns out he's from a planet called Rafcon. He was a knight of Rafcon, who was who was uh, in who led a, who led a team fighting the Sporex. The Sporex were an alien infestation that landed on the planet. The eggs then hatched in the monsters, and over time, those monsters grew. 
Because this is what, our second alien red? I think so. Yeah, the first one was Andros. Yeah, and I don't think we've had one since. Yeah, I don't think so. Because in SPD, all of our kids were mutant humans. Yeah, they all had powers, which they never really explained, I don't think. Them having having powers was weird. They were all from Earth. Yeah. We have had Alien Yellow Ranger from Lost Galaxy. Yeah. But no Red Ranger yet. But no Red Ranger aside from Andros. That's interesting. Like, this is something that's just not done very often, so it's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, Sporix landed on Rafcon, fucked up that planet, killed everyone, essentially. Except for Zato's team. Zato is the Red Ranger. So, Zato and his team come to Earth following the Sporex and then team up with dinosaurs to fight the Sporex. There's a bit of Zato in, like, his full, like, knight armor, like, knight helmet and everything on the back of a T-Rex sword out. That is badass. Yeah. Eventually, uh, the Sporex uh, start to, like, kind of overwhelm them. So then the Morphin Masters show up. The, the what? The Morphin Masters. Physical embodiments of the Morphin Grid. Okay. Each representing the six main colors of the Power Rangers. And then turns the dinosaurs into the Dino Henge statues, which then imbue the knights with their pow- with, with Power Ranger powers. This is lore. This is very important lore. <laughs> yeah, it is. For those of you who don't know, I'm hyper obsessive when it comes to lore. So I'm watching this season. Yeah. And so. And so, yeah, they fucking fight back. Um, they The Sporex, they couldn't find a way to properly destroy them. So they just contained them in this little fucking box that got opened. But now the Sporex are out and about in the world. And now the Power Rangers have to stop them. Uh, and this, all this happened 65 million years ago. So Zato is 65 million years old. And there's this great eh. moment of like character where we're like the like the uh, dinosaur they were talking to. Uh, yes, yeah, Solon, I believe is the name. Uh, Sol like Solon says 65 million years, and you just see him like there's like eyes kind of go down. And he steps away for a second. I'm just realizing, oh, I've been asleep for 65 million years. It's very like. There's a lot of like interesting, like subtle things they do with this. Like, uh, like early on, when when she's like trying to pitch her story, like like Amelia's trying to pitch her story to her boss, she does that thing where like her boss is like, "It's not about the paranormal, is it?" She's like, "No, of course not." And she does like the fingers cross fingers behind the back thing, but the camera doesn't like zoom in or make a point of it. It's just like in a medium shot, and she just turns around. You just see it back there, and the camera never focuses on it. It's like a level of trust in the audience that is very unusual for Power Rangers. But yeah, and so with that, we now have our setup where the Monsters of the Week, instead of being like things sent by our main bad guy, the Void Knight, they are sent... They're just rampaging beasts that got loose. Yeah, they're just out there. And so like as this new layer of like having everything be kind of random whenever these monsters are able to show up, a randomness to their design and also a randomness into the types of stories they're able to tell. Because like when, it, when your egg is just when like a monster could just show up literally anywhere, 
it can change a lot of the context of how these monster fights are actually happening because before it'll go all right the bad guy has an evil plan that he's going to act that he's going to act on all right i summon a specific monster for a specific purpose let's go with it is just hey something showed up where is it i don't know what's it doing i don't know it's neat another thing that i do that i do actually really like about just like costume design for these rangers their helmets are all like you know somewhat stylized in the style of the dinosaurs that are that they're like taking their powers from, but they're also it's like dinosaur knight helmets, like the eye visors. It's it's a it's a, it's a similar like you know black screen, like like black glass where their eyes are, but it also has like the grill over it like a knight helmet. I just really like that design for helmets. Yeah, like that was it was a really good first episode for a Power Ranger season. It felt a bit short. But like it was like super lore heavy. It like it like it did a lot of like really cool stuff for like longtime Power Rangers fans. And if you're like a new Power Rangers fan, then like things aren't super complicated. Like, yeah, they say like they don't they don't like drop the Morphin Master's name as just like, hey, here they are. Here they are, you know the Morphin There's Masters. There's a thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. They, they say like I think they say like beings called the Morphin Master showed up. Morphinomics. Yeah, basically. But yeah, I like I'm liking our character so far. I'm liking the entire setup of the show. I'm liking like the mass amounts of backstory they're giving us. Do you know if it's available for streaming in America yet, or are they doing the same thing they did with the uh, last season, which I hate. I do not know because it's why I stopped watching. I was like, all right, I've watched half of the series and there's nothing else. So I'll forget it's out. Yeah. <laughs> until I, it comes out again. I do not know. Um, Power Rangers is weird right now with streaming. How so? Uh, well, up until now, Power Rangers has been available on Netflix. Like basically every season. Mm-hmm. Now they only have Samurai and Beast Morphers up there. Yeah, that's that's something I noticed, and I don't know why. Yeah, I'm I don't not, know why I just started doing an accent either. Yeah, I think it's like a Hasbro licensing thing, because Hasbro technically owns them now. It's I'll live with it. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre, but like, Dino Fury is fucking Dino Fury is off to a really good start. The theme song's kind of trash though, because it is a no- what is it like? Is it like butt rock or something? I don't have a problem with butt rock. I have a problem with them doing shitty renditions of GoGo Power Rangers. Oh no, it's another pity. Oh no. Well, so it's 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 kind of like half and half. It's like a it's like a rewrite of GoGo Power Rangers. They still do GoGo Power Rangers, but they also will like try. There is there has been a minimum effort put in to actually have the lyrics be different than GoGo than GoGo Power Rangers. Like uh, how many seasons have done Go Go Power Rangers now? Oh, like fucking seven. Dead? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh fuck! I... Yep, fart. Sorry, I accidentally muted myself. How many seasons of Go Go? How many seasons have done Go Go Power Rangers at this point? Like fucking seven or some shit. The first time I was like, "Oh, hey, they remember what we loved," and then it's like. Okay, we get it. 
And then it's like, okay, we get it. And then Dino Charge comes out. It's like, okay, this is something different. They are, they're still having Go-Go Power Rangers, but it is an entirely new context. And then the next season, oh, okay, we get it. Oh, like, fuck. Like, Go-Go Power... sick. Go-Go Power Rangers is a good song, and it is a decent chant to put into other songs as a reprise. But if you build the entire song again around Go-Go Power Rangers, it's just going to be trash because it will never be as good as Go-Go Power Rangers. Go-Go Power Rangers. You're like, that song, is a, that song is a fucking bop. Instant classic theme song. And that might be the problem with it because no one fuck because the people who make the show... It's very bizarre, like the like the amount of like the interchangeable amount of effort and non-effort they do on any given part of any show, and that, and that goes for like everybody who's owned Power Rangers. It's so fucking weird. Well, well uh, I just won't pay attention to the theme song. Yeah, that's fine. That's my, my my solution for that. I'll skip the theme song like I do everything else. Yeah, I don't. I, it's just, it just bugs me. And other people do, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, other TV thing. Uh, all caught up on WandaVision now, and like, fuck, dude. They're just going. I'm waiting for it all to be released. I know. Like, at least all of one season. Yep, I think we got like two episodes left. I can be patient. Yeah, so, and with the episode having, and with the episode where, like, last week's episode spoiled, like, not spoiled, they, they revealed a pretty big thing that people have been thinking about, and then with this season, they b- continued building on that, and but the episode just aired, so I can't really talk about that episode this week. They spoiled it! But no, like, it's, they're, they're finally paying shit off. They've been building, this has been a slow burn show. Like, they didn't fucking reveal a major important plot point until episode four of the series. And yeah, like, episode seven, they had a pretty big reveal at the end of that, which I... Uh. <laughs> Downside talking about something that's coming out currently. Well, no, like, I... It's, like, it's been a week. I could just say spoiler alert and then talk about what I want to talk about. But since you said you are going to watch it... Exactly. It's like, uh, fuck. Talking around it as best I can. <laughs> they. There, there was a very prevalent fan theory, even before the show started airing, that last week's episode proved correct. Like if you are a fan of com- if you are a fan of the comics and like a fan of, well, not even a fan. Like if you know the comics, then you saw where that was going and kind of knew what it was pretty quick. And it was, it was this episode just got to expand on that. And I hesitate to call anything Marvel does a risk <laughs> because Marvel is a movie and TV universe built so anal retentively with backing by the biggest entertainment conglomerate in existence 
that they will do nothing that they consider a risk. Like Disney and Marvel and Marvel like studios have gotten so big, they can't take risks. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And it's kind of funny. But this is like, you're completely right. But this is like a Marvel and Disney property where people get their life force drained out of them, leaving behind a desiccated husk of a person gasping for breath on screen. And that's kind of neat. I did not think they would go that far. And yeah, like, like, it's like, like, it's, it's really fucking cool. Like they, they, they give it like an act, they give like an actual like in character explanation for why things are the way they are in the, in one division right now. Uh, like episode seven, where there was like the big reveal that I'm, I'm talking about right now. Uh, that episode was entirely built around like a, like a, like early 2000s sitcoms, like about like the theme song was, enti- was just hundred percent Malcolm in the middle. I remember Ma- Malcolm in the middle. Yeah, and then and like throughout it, they had like cutaway interview sec- segments, like mo- like Modern Family or like The Office, and those are all really fucking well done. But with episode eight, they have dropped; they have almost entirely dropped the facade of this being a TV show. Like this is the first episode over forty minutes. Like the episodes have been getting progressively longer each time. Like starting out as like 20 some minutes as, as per like a half hour sitcom and just getting like incrementally longer each episode. It's eventually becoming a, like, like a one hour style TV show as opposed to the half hour style. You think we're going to get a second season? Oh, I don't know. I honestly don't. Cause this feels like a mini series. This feels like it is, building up to a big reveal that will have a larger impact on the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole, but not really something that you can carry over into a second season because, like, once you do this style of show once, you kind of can't do it again. That's why that's why I ask, because it's, it's, a, it's a thought. Because it is Marvel. They are backed by Disney. They're probably, like... They probably have planned, like, they've decided if they're going to do a second season already. Oh, they've decided. Like, they they've have de- decided. The second the name WandaVision got put in a whiteboard somewhere, they knew exactly how many seasons it was going to have. <laughs> how does it fit into the schema? Yeah, Kevin Feige's there, just just like have just like having this beautiful mind moment, just like just like eyes darting back and forth across invisible numbers in front of them, as everyone's just sitting there waiting quietly to hear what the episode order is. All right, we're going to give this one two seasons, and each season is going to have six episodes. Won't people be upset? Trust me. Fuck them. They're going to love it. <laughs> Those people are goddamn idiots. Oh my idiots god, and- it's one of our biggest sellers yet. Yeah. Those people are fucking idiots, and they don't, fuck- they don't fucking appreciate true Marvel, baby. People are actually buying Disney Plus for it. It's the Mandalorian all over again. You're goddamn right it is. Just walks by, punches a dummy with a picture of Joss Whedon's face on it. <laughs> Take that, HBO Max. 
<laughs> oh god. But no, yeah, one division is very good. We got two movies to talk about. You want the weird one or the good one? Uh, let's go for weird. All right, Willie's. That way, Wonder- I don't have to oversell when we go into mine. Willie's Wonderland. Sounds like a porno. Uh, it is not. It is a Nicolas Cage movie that is basically just Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh. Distributed by Screen Media Films, a chicken soup for the soul company. What? Yeah, this movie is, this movie is put out by Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yeah, Nicolas Cage is a person who doesn't talk, who is driving along the highway one day, drinking his... Wait, they don't let Nicolas Cage talk? They do not let Nicolas Cage talk. The fuck? Yeah, the only words he says are violent screams. It's Nicolas Cage! I know! Why would you waste your cage rage? Oh, but anyway, yeah, so he's driving down the street, and he runs over a spike strip. <laughs> And and the guy and it's like, oh yeah, I can fix your car, but it's gonna cost like fucking two thousand dollars. It's like, yeah, we don't take credit. Looks over the ATM. Yeah, things about change his tires. Well, it changes tires, but it also like fucks up some shit inside of it. The car, it's 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 the mechanic shit. It's like came for a tire rotation. Oh, I got. Oh, I had to replace your engine block. I'll be fifteen grand. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, my mechanic has never pulled that bullshit. Thankfully, I don't own a car. We're not paid by them, so I won't say what company it is. <laughs> but yes, yes, like it, they, if they offer me free tires, then I'll talk about. Them. But yeah, so like he he is in a situation where he just can't pay for this fucking car to get fixed, and so he's offered a deal: spend the night cleaning Willy's Wonderland, a Chuck E. Cheese style play place, and we get all clean. Chuck E. Cheese style strip club. Yeah, and if you and if you spend the night there cleaning it all up, fix your car, pay pay for your car to get fixed, hundred percent. What do you say? Shake his hand. Turns out that that place used to be the den of cultist serial killers, but then they all killed themselves, transferring their souls into the animatronic bodies of Willie and his other robotic friends. Well, I honestly I can say I'm surprised that I haven't heard about another like moderately budgeted like horror movie that just steals the five nights at Freddy's concept <laughs> before this. Cause like five nights at Freddy's is like, like kind of on the way out. Yeah. But they're still making the movie. Yeah. So these guys, are just guys wanted to beat her to the punch. And I will say this, the movie does a, the movie gets to where it's going very quickly. Like it's not till the, it's not till the middle of the movie where things start really start to drag and where they introduce characters who aren't Nicolas Cage. Because like on top of Nicolas Cage being there, there's also a group of teenagers who are going to burn down Willie's. But then they find out Nicolas Cage is in there and the girl leading the charge is like they become can't. fans. <laughs> no, she's like we can't let him fucking burn to death. The bees, they're in my mouth. So then they go into there, and then all of them die except for the except for one, because of course they do, because also they're all fucking idiots. Like they get like fucking this couple, guy and a girl. They go to they go to like the fucking playroom where 
the murderers did their murdering. And they just start fucking. Then in the middle of fucking, the girl's like, hey, was that crocodile animatronic always there? And they're not idiots. <laughs> they know that these things are alive and haunted. And they just decided to fuck. <laughs> yes, they decide to fuck. And then when she pointed out, hey, there's one right there, they keep fucking. Oh, my God. So then they Was both. Was the guy on top or on bottom? Bottom. Then, yeah, no, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, like, she saw it and was like, like, she initiated, so they walk, she initiated them going there. She initiated the fucking, then saw, hey, that thing that's going to kill us is right there. And the guy, and the guy who this entire time was like, we need to get the fuck out of here, was like, no, no, keep going. And then another motherfucker, he was hiding from one of them, who then was like, hey, I'm not like the others. I won't hurt you. I want all this to end. I just want to get out of here. And he believed her. Of course he did. Of course yep. he did. He died instantly. Of course he did. But yeah, like the one, like the things that this movie has going for it is like with all the animatronics, all the animatronics are as practical as they can be. Like, there's one or two moments where uh, one of the animatronics who's literally just a head on a human body. Like, every other animatronic is, like, in a full suit, but this one I'm pretty sure is just, hey, we put the head on, you can just walk around, because she's just a person-shaped animatronic. Oh, that's precious. Yeah, so, like, there are bits where, there are bits where like... You can she, tell where the budget ran out. Yeah, like, there are bits where she has to move, like, inhumanly fast or, like, at weird angles where she's, like, climbing up walls and stuff, but they use CG for that. But everything else involving the animatronics is 100% practical. That's cool. Including like that. uh, Including all of the blood when Nicolas Cage starts stabbing them with broom handles. Oh. Because, yeah. Did the, Nicolas Cage kill a bunch of interns? He did not. <laughs> well, I, I say blood, it's oil. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it spurts out of him like arterial spray. Because, of course, it fucking does. If you're going to have Nicolas Cage beat the shit out of a robot, you better have an exploding gore. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? Well, you could have him yelling things. Uh, he only just yells, ah. You could have him yelling things. You could have him yelling words. Nicholas Cage is one of the best bad actors of our time, for fuck's sake. Don't take away his words. Yeah. I would start doing like, like I would start doing nothing like Nothing you have said turns me off except for and they don't let Nicholas Cage talk. Oh, we'll get there. Like I'm I'm trying to remember like the uh, like the ABC speech from Vampire's Kiss and I can't. But yeah, like it's, it's so weird. Like, it, and the and the like the pacing of the movie is kind of like weirdly structured because because uh with like like when they started um like at the beginning of the movie when like they bring in him being the janitor for this place, the guy who like is the guy who like owns the property and gave him the job said like, and I was sure to take a break. You don't want to fucking stretch. You don't want to fucking like run yourself ragged or whatever. So Nicholas Cage sets up an alarm where every hour he goes on like a fifteen minute break. Specifically because the guy told him that's what you're supposed to do. So basically every hour his watch is like watch beeps. So he goes and plays pinball and drinks his fucking soda. And he's doing it like religiously. Like there's a point where he is going to fight the chameleon one who just killed that kid. 
and then his watch beeps, so he just leaves. Just, he's fucking squaring up, and then beep. Well, time to go fucking play pinball. And just leaves the main girl there to just get fucking got, but she somehow manages to survive in a fairly awkward scene. But then the other, but then like the bigger problem is, at least for me, is the like the reasoning why all this is happening is so idiotic that I cannot fathom any individual going along with this plan. Okay. It is sincerely the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So after after Willie's so the serial killers, they run this place. They take you back to the super happy fun room or whatever and then murder them there. After like two or three families went missing, the cops were like, okay, we know what's happening. Goes to find them, finds everyone dead in a satanic ritual. So, you know, part of me was hoping that you would say, okay, we know what's going on. It's the Scooby gang. <laughs> so then. Just arrest the wrong people. Yeah, so then police gets shut down, eventually bought by Tex, the guy who gives Nicholas Cage the job. He then reopens the place, but then the animatronics start killing people, including getting out of the restaurant and killing people. So then the sheriff, Tex, and another guy who like is, who like runs the tow company goes to the goes to the animatronics and says, "Hey, we'll offer you a deal. We'll feed you people. You leave our town alone." The town. Why not just destroy them? Exactly. You know these are animatronics. They aren't like fucking supernatural. They aren't fucking super powered. They're only super powered in the fact that they have people spirits living in them. Nicholas Cage kills one of them with a toilet. He curb stomps <laughs> him into a urinal. It's dumb. But then like fucking half, but then like near the end of the movie, the fucking sheriff comes back, sees Nicholas Cage is still alive and has killed the multiple animatronics. So she threatens him with a shotgun to feed him personally to Willie. Just pleading for his forgiveness to please leave our town alone. Which, by the way, from what I've seen of their town is Willy's Wonderland in the middle of a parking lot and then a trailer park. That's their town. Well, you gotta save the trailer park. I mean, how else are you gonna feed the tornado? It is infuriatingly stupid that this fucking woman... That, that, well, that this woman... That, that, that these two dumbasses... Are both we're both fucking sitting there thinking, okay, seven animatronics are are harassing our town. We could kill them all, or we could feed innocent people to them forever. And they went with Plan B. I don't want to know what their Plan A actually was. If they went with their Plan B and. It was this dumb. I don't fucking know. It is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard from a goddamn movie. It's the most idiotic fucking thing ever. And like, I'm not, I'm not trying to harp on this. Like this, honestly, if this were any other movie, this feels like almost bad faith criticism, like some weird, like cinema sin shit. Or just me pointing out the dumb plot holes they're playing. But this plan is so idiotic that I can't not think about it. The second they fucking mentioned it, and there were like 30 minutes left in the movie, the second they mentioned it, 
I couldn't really pay attention to the rest of the movie because I was thinking about how dumb this plan is. And like the fucking character leaves. Like she leaves and then comes back to make sure that her dumb plan is working. And then when she sees that it isn't, she fucking dies. Like Nicolas Cage, a man who, in all fairs, Nicolas Cage, is nearing 60 years old. He. And he's still a hero. With no weapons, with nothing, who looks like a man nearing 60. And he's still the hero this country deserves. Yes, in eight hours, took out fucking like, what, seven, eight, nine goddamn satanic possessed animatronics? No, dude, here's the best part. They're not even possessed by Satan. Yeah, it's just some random fucking idiot serial killers. They're possessed by they're dumbasses. They're not that intelligent. Yeah, well, actually, they, and they killed themselves. Actually, fuck. It's like the, somehow, for some goddamn reason, the fucking like mystical satanic ritual they used to transfer their souls over there apparently also transferred over their balls because the main girl she eventually like she she gets attacked by one of the animatronics outside Willie's, and she just kicks it in the dick until it dies. Okay. Okay. So like everything surrounding Nicolas Cage of the animatronics is the most idiotic thing you could possibly imagine. The editing is rough. Cinematography is real weird. There's like a lot of fisheye lenses when it doesn't feel like there needs to be. Uh, acting is mediocre across the board. But these are also like really good animatronics that are like really, really good, like costumes for these actors. Uh, the fight scenes are relatively well done. And like it's Nicolas Cage just beating the shit out of fucking robots. It doesn't save the movie at all, but I think it's at least worth watching on YouTube. <laughs> I think I might suggest that uh, Birdie and I do that next time we're getting drunk. You know, watch this movie. Yeah. Because we're both, both of us are huge Cage fans. And as when I say Cage fan, we laugh our asses off at 99% of his performances. Yeah. So don't think I mean that he's the greatest actor of his time. No, he's a terrible actor and I love him for it. <laughs> I think Nicolas Cage can be a genuinely good actor. Yes, he can be. Like when he, he's reined in. Like he picks a lot of shit roles. But like even I personally love him in National Treasure. Yeah, National National Treasure National Treasure is a fun one. I personally really enjoy Ghost Rider 2. I actually think he does a very good job playing someone playing him in Face Off. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But he has to be you, you got to put the leash on him otherwise he just goes out into the pasture and starts humping all the cows for some reason <laughs> it's what my character would do uh, I, oh god he would be a terrible D player or he'd be the best <laughs> that is true he'd probably bring some cool props oh hell yeah dude honestly like fuck you you, you get him hooked Nicholas Cage you want to play D&D with us hit us up yeah we get him hooked on we get him hooked on that shit he will buy out the entirety of WizKids are um like stock of everything. Like this is a man who bought a fucking pyramid for him to be from himself to be buried in. 
Nicholas Cage, you want to play D&D? Hit us up. Yeah, it's... We won't make you the main character, because that's not fair to the rest of the players. <laughs> but you can totally come to our table. Yeah. I'm on Twitter, at, DD, at DeadManRSWDP. Just do your prods, hit me up. You can contact me through Deadman. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the final movie. A movie that I fucking love. Because it's very good. The Kid Detective. So. You remember those like old school, like young, like like child detective books, like your Encyclopedia Browns, your Nancy Drews, your Hardy Boys. Yeah. This is what if one of I those. I still ki- own some Encyclopedia Browns. Yeah, this is what if one of those kids grew up but never stopped being a detective. So, like young Sherlock or something. No, because he got sad. So, oh, so, no. so like early, early stuff. It is all, it all like plays out like like him being a kid. It plays out how you would expect. Like, like oh some person like oh some like kid shows up. And it's like oh this guy. I had this book on my fucking desk and then it went missing. And then he like solves it because it turned out it was the kid behind him or some shit like that. Just like really small cases that slowly like escalate into like bigger things. Or or it's like someone stole the donation money to help fix the church rooftop. Oh well, it must have been this one guy. And it's like, hey, you're right. And then that kind of just spread out. Um, he like had his office in his treehouse, but then one of the people like he like fingered for a case. They came down and chopped it down. So everyone in town pitched in to get him an office on Main Street. And then he kept working cases for them. Until his secretary. For 50 cents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally 50 cents. But then his secretary, the mayor's daughter, who he paid in grape soda. Got kidnapped. And was never seen again. Oh, no. He tried to work in the case and just... He was being stonewalled by the police. used to give him information. He couldn't fit, come up with anything, couldn't find any leads, and just eventually gave up. But he kept being a detective. A lot of the cases he got were just the same old dumb shit he did as a kid, but modernized and with way more cynicism behind it because it's, you know, modernized. But then eventually, a high school girl uh, comes into his office and hires him to find out who murdered her boyfriend. And then we get to see him, like, actually in action, actually investigating as we learn that he's not a good investigator at all. Like, he kind of sucks at this. And the movie the movie just keep, keeps going from there, building up this mystery, building up this case, and... Oh, it's so good, the actual resolution of it. That I don't want to spoil, because I kind of want you to see this, but I don't think you will, because it's very depressing. Hmm... If it's depressing, I'm probably not going to see it. Okay. For anybody who does want to see it, this movie is very good. It's very dark. It's like darkly funny. Um, our main character, uh, who's played by, let me just look up his name so I can give him the proper fucking credit. It's Adam Brody. I uh, He was a main role. He's a main guy. I know the OC. 
He is fucking phenomenal in this, playing this like just super burnt out, borderline alcoholic fucking detective who's like glory days are all in the past. He, you know, I would love if you said that, and then they were like, and they de-aged him until he was twelve. No, no, they 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 hired a child to play him. No, no, no. I mean, he stayed like. like oh, he he's stopped super, aging. Like, I mean, I mean, it took place when he was uh, the movie took place when he was still twelve. Oh, okay. Like he's got all of this haggardness of being an adult detective, but he is a actual factual twelve year old kid who's just because he was a detective got exposed to all of the most horrible shit. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like all, like like I said, all of his like child cases were like an Encyclopedia Brown case, like super low stakes unless you're a child. <laughs> Yeah, like we see him, we see him like constantly throughout this investigation as he, as he's like told information and then just makes a snap decision of like, hey, this is my preconceived notion of something. Here we go. And turns out that's what he did in every case he worked on, and that's even when he was wrong. Because the big case that kind of like helped break him out into like the mainstream or whatever was his principal had showed up saying that hey, the money for the animal rescue got stolen. Like we were gonna, like the school like got a bunch of money for an animal rescue. But then that got stolen. And she's like, hey, hmm, I think this guy did it. He hates dogs because one attacked him a while ago, right? And the next day, the money was found in his fucking desk. So he got framed? Yes, by the principal. Because the principal was testing him to see how his fucking brain worked to see if he'd be able to figure out that he kidnapped a secretary. Oh, wow, that's dark. Yes, and what's even fucking darker, she was still alive this entire time in his shed, and he and she gave yeah, birth. Yeah, I'm never watching this. And she gave birth to his kid, who, guess the fuck what, just had her boyfriend murdered. <laughs> who was oh. murdered by the principal. Because. Yeah, never watching that. Because there was this other. I might read it. Yeah, because there was this other dude, like uh, sorry, actually with Pat with Patrick Chang, her boyfriend. He had some kind of relationship thing going on with what is essentially the town escort, the town bicycle. Yes, and she had sent him a picture of her wearing a tiger mask, completely naked. And then the, and then the fucking uh, the principal opened his locker, found this photo, assumed it was his weird rape daughter, then murdered the kid for it. So then he, so, so then fucking uh, Abe Applebaum is that's his name. He finally puts it all together, figures it all out, and repeatedly he does this. Like repeatedly he ends up in the, he ends up like hiding in someone's closet because he's like investigating their house when they come back home. And when he was a kid, it's like, oh, hey, it's like, yeah, there's a kid. Oh, we found the fucking kid detective in my closet. What are we going to do with you? And then when he does it, when he's older, he gets arrested because he was hiding in a little girl's closet because that was the only closet available to him to hide in. So as he hears the principal coming home, he goes to the closet. He's like, fuck, nope, not going to hide in there. I'm going under the bed. So the principal like sees evidence behind left behind that like he had broken into his house and found the evidence that he was looking for. And the principal's like, you're in the closet, aren't you, Abe? No, I'm under the bed. Why did he admit to it? Because the guy knows he's there. 
He seems he assumed he was in the closet. If he had stayed quiet, the guy might have gone to look for the look in the closet and be like, "Ah, shit! I gotta go find him." But anyway, so the two of them start talking, and like he, we get like his entire, we get like the killer's entire motivation, his entire like reason for why he's doing this shit, shit. Um, and then it's and then we learn that and then he learns that like oh. What I thought was the thing, like he, like he, he assumed that Patrick had like slept with his daughter and thus ruined her. And mm-hmm. then he's like, "Yeah, that didn't happen." He's like, "Oh," so he stabs himself in the heart in front of Abe, <laughs> like four times. Why? Because he did like his crimes a bit. Like his crimes have been revealed. Everything like. Abe had found all the evidence he needed to actually get put this guy to jail, like an actual detective. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna fucking last. I'm 90." Yeah, kill Abe. Worst that happens if you get caught for that, and then it's like, "Well, this will take forever to get to trial. I'll probably die of old age before then." It's fuck. It's so good. But they so he finds out that like fucking the girl's still alive in the garden shed. Gets her back with her mom, and then he begins cleaning his life up. Like he actually. Like he starts getting better, but then and his parents come to like check him out, like see how he's doing, and he just fucking breaks down as this really happy song by Nancy uh, Sinatra starts playing, and the title card pops back up, and it's fucking fantastic. I love this goddamn movie. It is so. It sounds great, but it's way too dark for me. It is so well written. It is so smart. It is so dark. It is so depressing. I fucking love it. Everyone's performance in this movie is fucking fantastic. Like Adam Brody. I need to fucking pay more attention to that guy. This movie, he was so good in this. And this movie was also uh, directed by a guy named Evan Morgan, who I don't believe. Yeah, like this is his first like movie director job. Like he's done like a bunch of uh, short films, but this is like his first like full length feature film as a director. And yeah, like fuck, he did, he does such a good job with this. Like it is so well written well shot well everything it's this movie's fantastic if you had a chance to see the kid detective and you didn't and you didn't like you want to see it without my dumbass trying to explain what the fuck it is then i fully recommend seeing this movie. apologize is, yeah it is <laughs> go watch this movie it is fantastic and that's all i got oh is it my turn yes it is uh, sorry, I fell asleep while you were talking about the kid detective. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking. So, um, let's start with the worst thing on my list. Oh, boy. I'm going to start with the shit, and then I'm going to bury it under things I enjoyed so much more. Gamera the Brave. The last in the modern quadrilogy of Gamera. That is probably responsible for the death of the ga- modern Gamera franchise. Okay. So, when you think of Gamera, there are a few things you think of. Badass giant turtle. Dangerous kaiju. People. Is Gamera- and then the dreaded Kenny. Is Gamera, f- is Gamera a friend to children or is that Mothra? That's Gamera. Gamera okay. is friend to children. That's why Gamera is the origination point of the Kenny, which infected a few different franchises. <laughs> and it's like, no, stop it. Kenny's <laughs> go away. Um, so it's pretty much universally agreed 
that the Kenny is the worst part of every Gamera movie. Okay. This is a Kenny-centric Gamera movie. For those who do not know what the Kenny is, what is the Kenny? Okay, so the Kenny is a child, usually a boy. I think it's. I, I think there's been like one case where the Kenny was a girl. Um, it and they are Gamera's friend throughout the movie, who's constantly following Gamera around, shouting things at the camera for no fucking reason, getting into all kinds of stupid trouble, nearly getting themselves killed constantly. So that the kids have someone they can relate to. Kenny's are the worst part of every Gamera movie, except for like two. Okay. Um. So this movie seemed to think that the part of the Gamera movies that everyone loved was the part with the Kenny. The part with the loud mouth, annoying as fuck, just useless acerbic child was the best part of the movie to them. Hell yeah, dude. So two thirds of this movie's runtime is I'm a kid who found a baby camera and I'm going to be its friend. Well, yeah, Justin, the blue turbo ranger is the best power ranger. Eh, Justin, the blue turbo ranger isn't that bad. I know, but and just, what I, makes it worse is it's got, like, Godzilla 2014 levels of amount of kaiju footage. Oh, hell yeah. It's pogs, dude. But the kaiju that Gamera fights is so cool. <laughs> it is, like, one of the coolest giant monsters. And I'm just like, why? Why were you damned to Gamera the Brave? Like, the effects are decent. Like, except for Gamera's face. They kidified Gamera's face so he'd be more likable, <sighs> which didn't work. Yeah. No, that's that's a bad idea. And Now, the reason Birdie and I watched this is because we watched the other three modern Gamera movies. They are fucking awesome, dark as hell, great kaiju battles, actually get to the meat and potatoes of the story. And Birdie and I were sitting there and like, we could have saved this movie with one change. In the movie, there is annoying boy character, and there is somewhat interesting girl character. The girl... I don't remember any of their names. Fair. The girl has a heart condition and is going in for surgery for the heart condition. At one point, the boy gives the girl a magic stone that is tied to Gamera and, like, will help him heal so that she can survive her heart surgery. Then the kaiju shows up and tries to kill Gamera. We then get the daisy chain of children, the worst part of the movie, because it's literally just like 15 minutes of child running, adult stops, other child comes, instantly understands what's going on, and takes the stone to continue the daisy chain. Well, yeah, Gamera is a friend to all children, and thus all children are, tel are, tel are telepathic. That's how that works, right? Fucking hate this movie. <laughs> fucking hate this movie it's garbage it's yeah, dog I look, shit look at an image of the kaiju it's a zetus 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 something like that yeah he looks fucking radical it's so cool he eats kids yeah <laughs> like there is one part where we see a bunch of people running away and like it corners them eats a bunch of them and one kid survives because he's the kenny's friend 
oh, so badass. <laughs> like, I was actively willing to forgive every sin the movie had committed up till then. And then it daisy-chained the children. And I was just like, why? But if they had made the main character girl character instead of Kenny, it would have actually been more interesting. Because we would have had the, like, the connection between the two dying beings as the girl goes into surgery while Gamera is being held hostage. And we could have kept the boy characters and just had them be the ones to do, like, the final handoff. Been like, she said Gamera needs this. We have to do this. And, like, boom. Problem solved. Done. But, no. We get boring-ass boy character who does nothing but, I like turtles the entire fucking movie. I like turtles and, that's not Gamera, that's whatever I named my turtle. <laughs> Fucking yeah, Gamera, that slap dick. And he was like, I don't want Gamera to commit suicide. And it's like, fucker, if you don't give him the stone, he'll have no choice. But I like the stone. It's pretty. It tastes like chalk. <laughs> Actually, he thinks the stone is what will allow Gamera to commit suicide for some fucking reason. So stupid. <sighs> but no, that is the toxic taste of Gamera the Brave. I've been sitting on this for three weeks. Oh, so it's nice and, so it's nice have, and swampy. I've been, <laughs> been letting this just steep for three weeks. I fucking hated that movie. Yeah. Came out on to something came out that, couple dingleberries I loved, on that I loved, but wasn't that good. Kamen Rider Ryuki. Or in the States, Kamen Rider, Dragon Knight. Um, Kamen Rider Ryuki is, first off, if you don't know what a Kamen Rider show is, it's, uh, it translates to Masked Rider. Um, it's one of the, like, early, like, transformation hero series out of Japan. Yeah. Think, um, think Power Rangers. But more. Kamen Riders get Magic Belt that lets them transform into Superhero. Um, they're usually like in the early days, it was usually like, there's one common writer in a series. Um, recently they've gotten more into the common writer team thing. Uh, the main con conceit behind common writer Ryuki is the writer war. And it's this really badass idea of a bunch of fucking common writers trying to kill each other, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> and it's a great concept. The problem is getting to that concept. Are common riders known for murder? Ish. Like monsters like, don't count. Some of the monsters are very, very human. Yes, but they are monsters. Then I would say for the vast majority, unless you have an evil writer in your season, no, they're not known for murder. Okay, why then are they trying to murder each other? Okay, so let me, let, let me, like, I will get to that, but first I want to explain, like, what, like, one of the major problems of this show. Okay. And that is, well, there's actually two major problems, but the first major problem is, it's a bit of a cringe fest. Like, there, there's a lot of, like, awkward acting and just moments that aren't the best. But okay. it's so good if you're willing to get into it. 
The other problem is, like, there's actively six canon endings. Is this Clue? I mean, kind of. Let's get to the end of the commentary shows up. It's like, that's one way it could have ended. Uh, no, uh, there's like three movies, a manga, and two different like series endings. Why? <laughs> I don't remember. Like, it almost would have been better if it had have com- been like Clue. The reason that uh, the common writers are fighting is because they're being told by the- this guy is handing out the writer decks. Which is what lets them turn into common riders, lets them use all their powers. It's a great toy for the kids. Make sure to pick yours up. Don't forget to get the collectible card game at the same time. Yep. <laughs> Try to save Toys R Us from bankruptcy, everybody. Um. But uh, a guy is going around handing out the rider decks and saying, "If you win, I will. You will be able to make one wish, any one wish." And he's handing them to people who are desperate. Like one of them, his girl, his fiance is in a coma. Another guy <laughs> is like, um, another guy is dying. Uh, another guy is in prison and is like, you can escape if you become a common writer and kill the other writers. Welcome um, to Twisted Metal. Another guy wants to become a hero. There, there's tons of motivations, and like after the first like ten episodes. It's so good. The problem is getting past those first ten episodes. This is just once you start metal. getting, once you start getting into the meat and potatoes of the characters, it's so good. But you have to get um, through the slog of introducing every character. The yeah, the characters are introduced pretty well. It's like getting like understanding the world. You you need to understand the world. And, like, get over, like, you have to actively get over how mediocre an actor we have for, like, our main characters. Because it's a deuterogenous plot. We've got uh, Common Rider Dragon, uh, which is um, our, main, our main character. And then Common Rider Wing, who is Batman. And I mean, like, emo teen Batman, not, like, cool Batman. Yeah, so I'm back to... I'm, the more you describe it, the more and more apt my Twisted Metal comparison to start trying to become. <laughs> I've never seen Twisted Metal, so... Twisted Metal is a video game. I've never played Twisted Metal. It, yeah, it's a video game franchise where a man by the name of Calypso goes to various randos and says, Hey, participate in my vehicular combat tournament and I'll grant you one wish. Cool. And then there are people who are like, hey, I'm in prison. I want to get out. Other people are like, hey, I want to find the guy who put me in a POW camp and eat his face. Others are like, hey, I want to be able to fly. All of the wishes are pretty solid, like, except for dragons, whose wish is, I just want us to stop fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our, our our main hero is a bit of the friendship kind of guy. Just last thing I want to He's talk a about. dork, but yeah. I love him. Last thing I want to talk about Twisted Metal before I just let you continue. I uh, like every every wish was like, "Hey, I got this wish," and then, whoops, the wish is the wish got fucking twisted wrong because you know that's the way this goes. And so two dudes were like, "Yo, I want to, we want to be able to fly," and he's like, "All right, your wish is granted." It's like hell yeah, they go and dive off the roof of the building they're on. They just splat in the ground, and this guy standing there looking down at them, holding two plane tickets. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Yeah, and so that's what that's why I'm making all the twisted metal jokes because this is just twisted metal, but common rider. Well, uh, one of the big things is our main villain, the guy handing out the rider decks, didn't expect Dragon Knight to show up. So, like at one point, he rewinds the entire series, and it's actually a really interesting arc because our main character just keeps going through the series until he finally figures out how to deal with it. And like, at one point he's like, as soon as you see feathers punch. And that's the only note he's able to make for himself before he like forgets everything. And it's like, I see feathers punch. And he actually lands a blow on the main bad guy. And the main bad guy is like, I like your spunk. You can stay. <laughs> that's it. Like, he, like, that's like the main the main bad guy gets introduced, has like this really badass like overpowered moment, and then it's like, yeah, okay, I think you'll make the fight more interesting. So when you say and the reason, so when you say rewinds the show. Do you mean like time loop time or problem. like or like rewinds? Time loop. It's a time loop. Okay, because like given that you said this show has like six different endings on five different types of media, it would not surprise me if this guy was like aware of the confines of a television show and was like, yeah, okay, let's just, let's just rewind. <laughs> I would actually, oh, I would love that in a common writer season. Just I would, have the main villain be aware that it's a uh, that it's a show. I would love that in any fucking thing. Just any kind of superhero show where the villain is fully aware of the medium he's in and manipulates it. Well, you are running a D and, uh, a uh, tabletop game in a superhero universe. I know, but like, I want it well written. <laughs> Don't put yourself down, Dad. You're a good writer, and like with better characters. <laughs> this is where he leaves. This is this is what makes him quit. <laughs> I'm debating it. <laughs> Everything I put you through. At least one of those three characters had a very seriously thought out backstory. And like, I would like to imagine at least is semi well written. I said Fucker. better characters, not I didn't I didn't say I didn't say I wanted it with good characters. I said better characters. Fuck you. Also, that does not mean every character. You know yeah. who I'm talking about. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's obviously I can actually think of <laughs> um, but yeah, I love Common Rider Ryuki, and it begins the trend of what I call the Common Rider shows, where just just give it a chance, give it a chance, give give it like ten episodes, because there's like a solid block of Common Rider shows where it's like it's really the ending of the show that makes it so fucking worth it. But if you can't get to the ending, it's not worth it. Um, so moving on, I've watched a few episodes of star girl. Finally. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's another, uh, like birdie was, that's like, another, like, Hey, give it a chance show. Uh, yeah. I made it past the first like two episodes and I was like, eh, I'm not so sure. And now I'm into it. Like I'm, I'm interested in where it's going and I'm probably going to watch it. Like birdie and I were watching it together. I'm probably going to watch it independently because like I got his HBO max. So yeah, like stream it. The biggest issue with those first two episodes is kind of our lead. 
Yeah, she's a bitch. She isn't like the other characters. I hate like there are other characters I hate more. Namely, all of the like. Oh my god! If I went to this school, I would be beating people up every day. Yeah, the school shit. It is dog shit. And like, I should say this about myself. I was the guy who bullied the bullies at school. I was the guy the nerds hung out with so that the bullies would leave them alone. Because I'm a giant fuck, but they knew I was... I'm, I'm a giant teddy bear. Like, I don't want to hurt people if I don't have to. However, any t- I, 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 this is one of my favorite stories to il- tell to illustrate just how quickly people forget that I'm dangerous. Because I'm usually so nice. I was on a school camping trip. And... Everybody was making jokes, making fun of me, and, like, not going to bed. Because earlier that night, they had stolen my clothes and turned off the light in the bathroom. And I come out stumbling blind because I've got soap in my eyes. Like, give me back my fucking clothes, you assholes! And I slipped on my ass, and they, they, were, ha- they were having fun. And that part I was okay with. I was not okay with being up at 2 a.m. after a full day of activity. So I got up and yelled, shut the fuck up. No one listened to me. I punched a bed. No one listened to me. I lifted a bed by myself, carried it outside, and threw it into the quad, came back, dead silent. (laughs) The next day, everybody went to go look at the bunk I had punched and realized I had left a deeper impression than a guy who had punched a bunk the night before for the same fucking reason. (laughs) And they were like, oh yeah, he's strong, isn't he? How do we forget that? <laughs> I was like, I don't fucking know. Now am I going to get to sleep tonight? And they're like, we're going to let you sleep. It's okay. Uh, one of the many, many reasons I refuse to leave anything around children. Even when I was a child. Just uh, you don't, don't, but don't give, don't, don't give children any, don't show them any weakness. They can smell it. They will capitalize on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm a friendly guy, so I try not to be the scary one. But when I need to be the scary one, I can be the scary one. <laughs> so, like, I'd be at this school, these assholes would just be annoying me, and then suddenly one of them would be in a locker and they wouldn't realize how it happened until they were getting cut out with the jaws of fucking life. I don't, I don't like bullies, and I don't tolerate their existence very well. Um, and that's one of my major problems is I'm waiting for, like, I, I want every episode, the bullies to be punished. And that's like, like, that's going to be my thing throughout the show is watching the bullies get punished. Cause I fucking loved when their car got blown up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, how deep are you? How deep in are you? I'm like three episodes in. Okay. Um, outside of the main bully, who's like, dad is brain whose dad is brainwave mm-hmm. those guys aren't really characters anymore oh thank god i get to i get they get to stop existing then which is well, the like, worst punishment for a tv character like there is still like like the bullying comes up when it is necessary for a plot beat or something to like set up future characters or some some shit like that but for the most part like it's like it's main boy, like main boy bully, main girl bully. That's basically all we have left by the end of the, by the end of the season. Okay, I can live with that. Yeah, and main boy bully gets a redemption arc. Now, boo! I oh, don't worry, he still dies. 
Yay! Horribly killed by his father. Cool. But yeah, uh, I haven't watched much of it. I plan to watch more of it. I might watch more of it on my own. Um, yeah, th- that show is I'm probably going to watch more of it on my own. Yeah, like that show up until like the halfway point almost for me was like a real like like three out of five kind of show. Like it had some of these special effects. I enjoy a legacy show, but like the characters kind of just got really grating on me. But then after after around, I, I'm not I don't remember the exact episode, but there was a point where suddenly shit changed. Like the like the fight choreography got way more interesting, and <laughs> the character of Star Girl started to like come down Develop. off her own high horse. Like she actually started listening to Luke Wilson. What? Yeah, like she. I guess that was the plot. I guess that was the entire point of the story of like her accepting her stepdad as like a, as like a dad, but also superheroes. So that also developed, and yeah, it it gets so much better. I'm like yeah, characters. The characters develop and things happen. The only one, the only one, the only one that really doesn't is like uh, the new Doctor Midnight, just because. I'm not even 100 sure. There's kind of they don't do a whole lot with her, but it's cool. The villains are the villains are the fucking best, though. I well, really like enjoy I, the villains. Like I said, I'm like two, three episodes in. I am starting to like enjoy it more. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I get. That. I try not to write a show off until I've watched three episodes of it. There are some that that doesn't apply to because there are some where it's so bad there's no way it can get better. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like some shows need like an episode or two to find their feet. Like before we started, if I hadn't given MLP a chance, I would not have watched as much of it as I did. Yeah. Like before we started recording today, I watched like the beginnings of the first episode of static shock. Oh, I love static shock. Episode one's fucking rough. It is, but the rest of it's so good. Like I'm watching it. I don't know if there's like something wrong with my version. Cause the, cause there's lo- multiple bits where there's just no sound I'll have to rewatch it because I have it both on DVD and it's uh, streaming on American HBO Max yeah like, like episode um, like episode one it fucking like episode one the theme song is garbage because it's not the regular theme song yeah and gets into his first gets into like his first fight saves the day whatever flashback to the beginning flashback to like a few weeks earlier before the big bang and he's in the bathroom, and there's just no sound until he turns an electric shaver. I'll have to look. And like, I know this, I will seriously have to look. And I know this was not intentional, but it is kind of hilarious to me of this fucking teenage kid. He's like, yes, time to shave. Picks electric shaver, puts it to his face, no sound of it cutting any hair. <laughs> it's just going while on his face. <laughs> That actually reminds me of the first time my little brother shaved. <laughs> he picked up my electric shaver and just started rubbing it on his face, and he wound up cutting himself because he had no facial hair. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah. Anyway. But onto some teen drama that I actually enjoyed. Oh. Total Drama Island. <laughs> yeah. I love this show. Ah, uh, good old Canadian animation. And I kind of hate that I love it. 
<laughs> it's one of those where it's like, oh, I judged this so hard when it was first coming out. Um, I did not think it was good <laughs> at all. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> like, so much so that me and my wife, like, we were like, oh, man, Netflix is losing this. And then a few days later, wait, Netflix didn't lose this. Time to watch the next season. <laughs> we're only just a couple of episodes into the next season, though. So, yeah. So for those unaware, Total Drama Island is the first season of the larger Total Drama series. It is an animated Survivor parody. Uh, it's a Canadian cartoon. Haha. It's set at a shitty ass camp. Yeah, it's basically what if Survivor but a summer camp. And it's it it's really cool. Uh, I'm not sure what version you are getting because in the American version, in the American broadcast. They removed a lot of shit. Uh, the subtitles are constantly showing like other dialogue that obviously got edited. Okay, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, because like uh, I know that like there were, I'm pretty sure like in the Canadian version like there were some swears or like or, like beeps and some shit. Uh, they at one point, this was the first animated cartoon that I saw uh, where they censored out someone's tits. Is the point of the show where one of the characters gets her shirt ripped off and then she's just kind of sitting up there, tits out. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, that I remember that happening on TV. I was like, watch that. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, the series is from uh, 2007. So I would have been 15 when this show came out and I still watched it religiously. <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah um, it, it's also it's from the people who made Sixteen, which is another very well received Canadian t- Canadian young adult TV show. Oh, I love Sixteen. Yeah, man, that brings back memories. Yeah, they did you know that in 2018 they brought back Sixteen with the rate with the with the original cast, original characters for a like five minute go out and vote PSA. I did not. Yes, That's the Canadian the Canadian company brought back the Canadian TV show to encourage people to go vote in an American election. Jesus, which election? Uh, da, da, da. I believe it was the. Uh, let me see here. Uh, special reading PSA college. It was the 2018 U.S. midterms. I can understand that because that was our first chance to save my country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone got back together to put out a PSA called Vote, dude. Only reason the motherfucker won the first time. And that was <sighs> and that was the first piece of new um 16 footage that had been produced in 8 years. Because the show won up the air in 2010. Yeah, man. God, that brings me back. Yeah, dude, I know. Man, makes me feel old too. <laughs> oh man, that show was the show was so fucking good. If Total Drama Island is anything to say about their quality, then yeah, it probably was. <laughs> like, because Total Drama Island. Okay, so 
as we said, the idea is uh, we've got our cast of characters. They are in a survival-style situation, and yada yada. Yeah. You've seen Survivor. Um, but, like, the driving force of the show is our cast of teen characters. Yeah, it's a massive and ensemble the- show where, like, everyone is integral. And they all get so much, like, development. It's really interesting. And I'm really looking forward to Total Drama Action because I think her name was Courtney. Like, the massive, like, the the, the teen bitch of the previous season. Yeah. The one who's like, I'm going to control this show via, via bitchiness and manipulation had basically outed herself as the worst kind of human being. So I'm very curious as how she's going to like stay on for any amount of duration in total drama action. Cause fucker. Okay, so <laughs> like um, I spent the whole of the first season wanting her to be eaten by a bear. So uh just Just for my own, I guess, reference of like looking at looking at the casting for this stuff and like the characters. Uh could you describe her so that I so that we're making sure we're talking about the right character? Um she wore her hair in a ponytail most of the time. Let me look it up. Because I'll just, the I'll one just who lo- like, look the one, it up and be like... The one who looks vaguely Russian? No. That that one is... She is scary. <laughs> <laughs> she scares me. Um, the unibrow. Now, Court, Courtney's, the, Courtney's the annoying ass, not... Heather! Heather is the bitch. Okay. I thought. I thought so. <laughs> Because I looked at Courtney, it's like Owen is the best guy. <laughs> <laughs> Owen is Owen is absolute best. Um, <sighs> Owen Owen is the Owen is me if I didn't have any brain cells. <laughs> Overweight, overenthused, overly friendly, a a great storyteller. So long as you don't try and de- de- deduce whether or not he's telling the truth, uh, and just an overall friendly guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's Owen's great, and I am not saying that uh, only because he is wearing a Canadian, he's wearing a Maple Leaf T-shirt. <laughs> um, my other favorite characters in this are Gwen, who is the like goth chick, uh, Duncan, who is the delinquent with the heart of gold, um, DJ. Cause I don't know why, but this like soft-hearted black guy just gets to me, <laughs> and that—that's about it. Like every other character, I either didn't care about or outright hated. Ooh, Izzy! I forgot about Izzy. The psycho hose beast is what this wiki calls her. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. The girl was weird. Like you, you remember Izzy, right? You remember just like yep, yep. She I... was she was the crazy one. Yeah, she was the crazy <coughs> one. Just straight up, she was ridiculous, and was involved with Owen for a bit. Yeah, she was Owen's first kiss. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, and then the wiki and then the wiki I'm on also hints that maybe Owen had a thing for Justin. Oh no! Like I am dead cert that Owen was at the very least bi, if not full-on gay. 
Like, my wife and I were sitting there like, oh, he's so gay, and he's just in the closet so hard. And then he, like, he enjoys the makeout session, so she, we just looked at each other and we're like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, and he doesn't understand his homosexual feelings. <laughs> Where he fully does it's, understand, like, he just doesn't care. <laughs> oh, man. No, he, he tries to defend his, like, gay moments. Be like, no, guys, it's just, it's a thing. It's just a joke. It's a joke. And it's like, uh, you're gay. That's, that's, <clears throat> I feel like that's more 2007 than just a product of 2007 as opposed to, like, like him not understanding he's gay. Yeah. Anyway. Ooh. Yeah, fuck. I should, I, should, I should go back and watch that. It's been a while. It's currently on American Netflix, so if you, uh, I don't know if it's on Canadian Netflix, uh, so if I think you have streaming, uh, if you have Netflix and one of those apps that lets you lie about where you are in the world. Oh, you mean a virtual private network along the lines of private internet access or PIA? The one that me and Birdie yeah, use? one of those things. One of those things. Where, where if you don't want the government to be tracking you as much... Because, admit it, you gotta admit, they're still gonna be tracking you, they just won't be able to track you as well. Yeah, I... But if do, you got one of those... This show is Canadian. It was made by a Canadian company for a Canadian network, only broadcast in its original form in Canada, and it's not a Canadian Netflix. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, Netflix, you got the weirdest programming blocks. But yeah, Heather, yeah actually, uh, going back to Heather for a second, Heather was the one who got her tits out. I believe that. Yeah, it was. It was in. An episode. I would believe Heather would get her tits out well, no, to try and like. No, she didn't intend to get points. them out. It was an accident. Like, like they were on like this. Like, uh, it was as part of a challenge they were doing. They were on like I think like essentially like mud skidoos or some shit along this line. And she was like trying to like she was trying to like throw someone off the back of her ride, but then like a branch caught her top and ripped it off as she went by. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, the wiki does list the moment that she got uh, disturbed. Um, but <sighs> yeah, one of my favorite moments was when people started realizing just what a bitch Heather was, and was like, you know what, I'm done with you. I'm not doing it anymore. And Lindsay standing up to her, the dumb blonde bimbo who just wants to be best friends. Oh, I felt so good when she finally was like, no, fuck you. Deal with it. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Um, hmm. Ah, old school fucking Canadian television. I don't, I don't think I have got like, I don't think I like caught on to what, what if you're saying. Did, did you watch 16 younger when you were a kid? Yeah, I watched 16 when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. Well, when I was a different kind of adult. <laughs> yeah, fuck, man. Like, I... Oh, man, I love that show. Hmm. Memories. Sweet Technicolor memories. Anyway, anything else we're watching? Uh... Nothing else that I want to talk about. Alrighty then. On to news. Things have happened a bit. 
first bit and the thing that I'm probably the most excited for out of everything we've talked about. Uh, Mortal Kombat, the movie. We got a trailer for it. Oh, yeah, that's going to be cool. It looks fucking sick as hell. I cannot wait. It looks really fucking good. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's it's a Red Band trailer that I got put out um, a couple weeks ago. And it looks like fucking Mortal Kombat. And like I don't even m- like Mortal Kombat that much, and I love the movies. Yeah, and like it looks I like, even like the second one. <laughs> and it looks like modern Mortal Kombat. Like it, like the the trailer ends with an X ray move. Awesome. And I don't I mean, didn't like, watch the whole trailer. Yeah, I don't mean like you know actually like going and seeing X ray stuff, but it has it has like the motion and tick of an X ray move. Like like it's Scorpion versus Sub Zero because of course it fucking is. Uh, Sub-Zero cuts Scorpion so a bunch of blood spurts out of him. He grabs the blood, freezes it into a knife, stabs Scorpion with a knife of his own blood, forms a spiked ice wall, then yeets him through it. That's awesome. And then Scorpion throws up the spear and says, get over here. Get over here. Yeah, and the trailer actually ends with Kano performing a fatality. I believe on Reptile, where he goes... Where he just rips out his heart and he's like, Kano wins, you fucking beauty. Because he is because Kano is still deeply Australian. Dejerito. Yeah, and another thing that I like that I'm actually kind of interested in, um, this is Scorpion before he's Scorpion. Oh. Yeah, because this Interesting. Yeah, because um for those that know the lore of um fucking Mortal Kombat. Uh, Scorpion had a family, wife, kid, all that shit. Then his family was killed by the Lin Kuei, which is the which is the clan of ninjas that Sub Zero is a part of. And this is all Sub Zero li- is an actual ninja. Yes, both of them. For are. those of you who didn't know, yeah, the Lin Kuei and the Shirai Ryu are like rival ninja clans. Um, the Lin Kuei, specifically a force of the Lin Kuei, led by Bi Han, the first Sub Zero. I believe under the machinations of Quan Chi. Who is like an evil sorcerer? They go and kill the Shiryu. Scorpion survives, enters the tournament to kill. Oh, no, sorry. Gets killed by all. Gets killed in all this. Gets resurrected as an undead fucking ghost fire skeleton by Quan Chi. Enters the tournament, kills Bihan, Sub Zero, who then gets resurrected as Noob Cybot. And then his younger brother, the more honorable Sub-Zero, takes the moniker and enters the tournament to kill Scorpion. Yeah, there's like 18 novels worth of content behind the, the Mortal Kombat games. Yeah, it's been lessened a little bit, but also made more complex by the most recent games because it involved time travel. Because like up until game nine, they were following a single storyline. And then nine brought things back to the first tournament. But then eleven brought in brought in like a time goddess and also involved bringing in multiple younger versions of the old characters. So there's a point in the story of Mortal Kombat eleven where Johnny Cage has to get into a fist fight with Johnny Cage because young Johnny Cage is being is being real sleazy towards uh, Sonya. Interesting. Yeah, the only yeah, like couple like the only like real problems I have with the movie kind of going into it right now is a no Johnny Cage and b Cole Young. 
I do not know what to think of this guy. He is the new like audience surrogate character. He is a brand new character for the movie, uh, played by Lewis Tam, I believe is the name. Uh, the guy that people wanted to play uh, Iron Fist in the show. Which, I will say this. This guy would have been a better Iron Fist. That show would not have been good. Because the problems with that show far exceeded the problems with the main actor. <laughs> if we're honest. From a writing perspective, from a cinematography perspective, from an editing perspective, that show had way more problems than could have been fixed by if they put from, a better actor in the role. From initial conceit, that show, no. Especially in the current environment, that the environment it was released in, the way they had it planned, it was never going to work out well. Yeah, and so so Lewis Tam, he is in this show as Cole Young, who, based on things in the trailer and fan speculation, is related to Scorpion somehow. I am not sure how yet, but there's a bit in the trailer where he like ghost hallucinates Scorpion in a mirror, and he also like his fighting hand like his fighting like hand wraps are yellow, like Scorpion. Maybe he is Scorpion and just hasn't come to terms with the fact that he's dead. Uh, I don't think so because we also see Scorpion in the show. He's played by a different actor. Ah, never mind then. But yeah, this movie looks fucking sick. April sixteenth, theaters and HBO Max. Watch it at home, please. Just, I have lots of things against theaters, but like, things are still bad right now. Don't go to theaters. I love theaters. Watch it at home, please. Um, make yourself some popcorn. Take your pants off. Be comfortable. Eat reasonably priced food. Make don't some ha- hot dogs. Don't have some idiot there talking the entire movie. Or maybe do. He put out a commentary track. Anywho, don't make me do a commentary track for this movie. It'd be fun. Why do you hate me? (laughs) What? We're going to sit down and watch a movie and talk about it. It's fun. Uh, I've talked about a few movies with you. Talked over a few movies with you. I seem to remember, like, screaming at Scream. Um... I st- like, there's so many things that I've blocked out of my memory due to trauma at this point. Uh, anyway. Like, uh, Moving on from there. Uh, so, according to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, Warner Brothers has hired uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates to write a new Superman movie uh, alongside J.J. Uh, Abrams' producer. Ta-Nehisi Coates, for those who don't know, he is a writer, both of prose fiction and comic books. Uh, he most recently, I guess, well, not most recently, the last thing I remember reading of his was his run on Black Panther. Which, it was well written, but not well written for a comic book. <laughs> which, is, okay. which is to say, the writing of it was was well written. It had It was like decent prose writing. But it didn't fit well with the with the panel structure and flow of a comic. Yeah, so he's yeah, so they're working on a new superhero. Yeah, they're working on a new Superman movie. That's actually one of the hardest things when you're as a writer is changing to fit different like subjects. Like when I wrote my first script, the teacher who had me write it for them handed it back to me and said, Now write it as a script. 
yeah. So it's been a while since I've read anything that he's worked on. It's been a while since I've read like new comic books, any like really. So he might have gotten better adapted to the to the comic book space. I believe that I believe like his like Black Panther run was one of his earliest comic book jobs. So he could have gotten better. I'm not sure. I do not think he's a bad writer. This could be interesting. Also going to be interesting. According to the guy, according to uh, this guy, Boris Kitt on Twitter, uh, who apparently has sources, uh, he is a writer for The Hollywood Reporter. The, the script they're writing is for Black Superman. Which is to say, Calvin Ellis, a.k.a. Super Obama. I didn't know there was a Black Superman. Yes, there is. On Earth 23, Calvin Ellis, I believe that's his name. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking main world. No, this is, uh, yeah, Earth 23, I think. Yeah, he is the president of America and Superman. Okay, Super Obama. Yeah, I'm I, cool yeah. with it, I, be- I guess. I believe on Earth 23, I believe with like this entire thing, um, it was... I, I I know that there I know there is a world like this, and I think this is that world. But there is a world where the entire Justice League is black, which is to say, every white character they made black, and every black character is still black. <laughs> Fuck you, equality. I was just, re- I was just reading that. And I saw I, like I, I could feel an Aryan just like starting, like glaring at me, just like motherfucker would. Like I just, I just, I, there was a panel of like, hey, there's black, there's Superman, but he's black, and there's Wonder Woman, but she's black, and there's Batman, but she's black, but he's black, and there's Cyborg. <laughs> oh, so good, <laughs> so good. Oh, but yeah, like that could be. That that is that is like for all we know, this is just hey, what if Clark Kent but black? Or it could be actually Calvin Ellis, the president of America, but also Superman. And I think he still has uh like a secret entity in that in that like universe, but he doesn't even do the glasses thing. It's just when he is in when he is president, it's just Superman in a suit. <laughs> but people still don't put two and two together. Okay. But yeah, that we'll see where what what leads what comes out of that. It could be nothing. It could be something. We don't know. We'll find out. Moving on. Uh Netflix has ordered an anime series based on the Terminator films. No. Yes. Uh they are partnered up with Skydance uh for the series. Skydance having produced the last two Terminator films. And the anime is going to be produced by Production IG. A very good anime studio who did Ghost in the Shell, uh, Haikyuu, uh, Cromartie High School. Yeah, that's it. Just like, fuck, dude, this is going to be... This is probably going to be awful. The Terminator hasn't been good in decades that's why I'm just no I still don't believe it'll be good even with you know the team that they have behind it yeah 
because it's still it's still Skydance still producing it. So they still like Skydance still has like their fucking finger in it, and they produced the last two. Stranglehold. Stranglehold. Yeah. But say what it is. And then finally, for news, some new details have been released about the uh, upcoming Netflix live action Avatar: the Last Airbender adaptation. They got a new show. Remember who the fuck cares? Because the actual news about it is that they have changed the ages of the characters, thus in thus enraging everybody. Yep. So for it's those stupid for those who are unaware, Avatar: Last Airbender show put up by Nickelodeon. Very, very well-received show. Fucking fantastic show. Um, with three central leads for the majority of it. We get more characters as the show goes on, but these are our three starters. There's Aang, the Avatar, and the Last Airbender. And then Sokka and Katara, a brother and sister of the Southern Water Tribe. Uh, in the show... Flying type, water type, normal type. Yes. <laughs> you called them starters. I had to. <laughs> yeah. So, in the show, Aang is 12. Katara is 14. And Sokka is 16. Aang's into Katara. Katara is like super like matronly and like I don't I, I don't I don't know I don't even matron is a word. She was forced to grow up because her mother got taken by the Fire Nation. And Sokka, despite being the oldest, is the most childish out of all of them. And that's kind of uh, the Aang is way more childish than uh, Sokka. Sokka is goofier than any of them. Fair. He's the most immature out of all of them. Because Aang, like, he has, like, the fucking monk wisdom on top of being a kid. But, like, that kind of evens out. Yeah. So, those are our three characters. That's kind of their dynamic. With Aang, into Katara, Katara, pestering them both to be better and eat their vegetables. And don't give me that lip, young man. And Sokka, despite being the oldest out of all of them, is making dumb jokes and getting caught in shenanigans. Sokka is the best character. Sokka is fan fucking tastic. So then, the, so then the live action show decided, hey, let's keep Ang twelve, let's make Sokka fourteen, and let's make Katara sixteen. Because that doesn't make Ang and Katara's relationship creepy, or you know, throw off a major important dynamic. Yeah. Which was the fact that, you know, Sokka disrespected everything and everyone all the time forever. Yeah. Even the goddamn original cast have come out and say, Netflix, why the fuck are you doing this? The original show already exists. Why the fuck are they doing this? The original show exists still. And it's not like it was fucking. It's not like it was one of those shows that was like lost to time or whatever. Like the like the only footage they have available of it is so fucking degraded that they need to make a new version for it to actually be watchable. No, the show is fine. It's out there in HD on fucking DVDs and Blu-rays and shit. It still looks great. It still is a great show. Why the fuck are you making a live-action adaptation of it? Well, you know what you could be doing. You could be making fucking the next goddamn series with the Earthbending Avatar. I own two separate copies of Avatar The Last Airbender. I own one that's just like the original box set, and then I own a collected edition with Avatar, Aang, and um, Korra. <laughs> I actively own two different copies. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <sighs> 
I just want them to continue on with the cycle, man. That's all I want. I want just that original team to come back and go, hey, guess the fuck what? We're moving on to goddamn chapter four, Earth. Sorry, chapter three, I want Earth. I would actively like a skip. Like, because the time gap was not enough for them to go into the industrial age, in my opinion. But, like, if they're going to stick with the industrial age, I'd like, and Korra grew to old age of 120, and then we got the Earth-bending avatar. You know? Because there was not enough time for us to have the Industrial Revolution start. You know what I mean? It was like 70 years. It also yes, wasn't the, it also from, wasn't the, it also wasn't the Industrial Revolution for the... feudal era. Well, not really, because they, the, the Fire Nation still had all their tech shit out there. It was from the feudal era, man. I'm the fine. rest of the world culturally was way too far behind for it. I'm fine with the times. I'm fine with the times get that happened because like this is not this is not reality. This is a world where people can generate lightning from their fingers. Yeah, you're one of those uh, they can fire lightning bolts apologists. That's another thing I had a problem with. It went from being this super cool unique thing to yeah, and like half of all firebenders can do it. Well, yeah, that's because, like, that knowledge then got out there. Mm. Like, higher, like, higher levels of bending. I liked Korra. Yeah, like, I liked Korra. I like Korra, too. Like, higher levels of bending are not, like, higher levels of bending weren't really a thing within, within, like, Avatar, like, Last Airbender, like, Aang Avatar, because, like, there wasn't a, like, super great, like, transfer of goddamn information out there, and, like, there were still, like, sub-level of feudalism out there like with you know empires and kingdoms and shit so obviously upper class would be like yes let us not tell the peasants they can shoot lightning that might be bad but they get to Republic, Republic City which is just hey New York but we got benders and shit that information is going to get around and plus with the need of having like more shit out there they need to be able to Higher energy needs require require people to work in the fucking electric mill. Nah, dude. <laughs> I'm still not happy with it. I dig Bye. it. I also like that. I also like the extra level, like they added to it of just having like specific individuals who are like mutant benders who are able to like bend shit even better than like weird benders, like the fucking. Like, oh yeah, no, that was cool. Yeah, like the fucking like psychic bloodbenders or like the continued evolution of like Sparky Sparky Boom Man. Yeah. And I had no problem with the metal benders because it was actively discovered in the course of the show and it would make sense that she would go and teach it. Yeah. I just didn't like the, oh yeah, now lightning benders are just, they're common enough that we just have them work in factories. Well, they're common enough in Republic City because, again, like I said, they, they share information there. We don't really see anything of we don't really see anything of like the Fire Nation, so we don't know how prevalent they are on the Fire Nation. True. And like we the, are looking at a biased view of the world. Yeah, and I'll plus like fucking like Iroh, I believe he said like he developed he developed like lightning bending from watching the Water Tribe, and so if you have a city of every kind of bender except airbenders. True. 
You're like, fuck, I'm And I've actually seen a few theories that, like, the weirdo styles are, like, the product of interbreeding between the bending nations, and they're actually, like, hybrid benders. So, like, the ones that can bend lightning are just, like, they've got some air nomad in them. Well, lightning, lightning was a water stuff. The flow of energy. Yeah, but fire and wind is how you get plasma in most worlds. You know, like, this is a world where a bear is a unique creature. <laughs> just a bear? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a platypus bear. It's one of my favorite moments in the show. No, it just says bear. <laughs> so like, dumb. Nine I different varieties of bear. <laughs> Now, now, we'll bear. <laughs> I actually want to run a D and D game where like owl bears are more common than bears. Avatar is great. I love that. I love that entire world, and I want to see them continue that world in animation and not go back to one in a live action show where the people making it don't fucking understand the entire purpose of the show. Ong. Yes. Yeah, watch them watch them take the fucking avatar test from goddamn M. Night Shyamalan's. Uh, like, hey, if you guys uh, don't know, if you guys don't know, they pull a lot of this show, they pull a lot of avatar inspiration from like Eastern mythology and like and, like spiritualism and stuff. And the avatar is basically just the magic Dalai Lama. And uh, like, oh, like literally, like the, like the way that the, the way they pick the next avatar, the way they find out the next avatar is the Dalai Lama test. Just hey, we think this kid might be the avatar. Okay, set out this random shit in front of him. He picks these three things that we know he's the avatar because these are these are stuff from his past lives. Fuck, he did it. As opposed to, I'm just put a bunch of elements next to him. And if they react, then he's the avatar. He can never hide anywhere. Like, that never comes up again. Like, we never see him fucking walking down the street and just, like, pebbles are falling on, like, penguins. Or, like, fucking chick or, like, like, fucking ducklings. I like how Korra gets revealed to be the Avatar. They're yeah, like, we're she going just, to have we're to just burst through the door. What up, bitch? like, fuck you, I'm the Avatar. <laughs> so cool. Oh, yeah. It's so dumb. I love it. <laughs> yeah, just, just fat little, like, baby belly out there. I'm the Avatar. <laughs> Bow before me. <laughs> Best Avatar. And then she spends four seasons getting your getting your just shit pushed in. Learn your lessons, kid. Like I'm watching some I'm watching like someone on YouTube watching Korra for the first time. And it's just like really funny, like looking back at it now is now like kind of like a wider lens, I guess, like not like so much week to week, and just seeing how much she gets slapped around by everybody. Oh, it's ridiculous. Which I guess makes sense for the character. Like if like Aang never like Aang spent like fucking years. Spent three years, at least in our time, like building up, getting to go fight one guy. Yeah. And Korra's had four villains, each of which she has rushed headfirst into, gotten slapped, learned to be humble, and then tried to go back and fight again proper. And then gotten slapped again, usually. <laughs> like, fuck, how did she beat, um, 
She beat the first one. I'm on. By him accidentally falling in the water. No, so she no, so she beat him by him taking away her bending, but that unlocked her airbending. Yeah. And then she and then she fucking like wind hadoukened him out a window into the ocean. Yes. And like because he fell into the water, his followers no longer believed in him because they saw that his scars were fake. They also saw him And that he was a bender. Yeah. That that was a more pre- that was a more prevalent point. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, his his makeup's falling off. Those scars are fake. And hey, he's standing on top of a water spout. <laughs> but more on, more on point, he lied to us. Yeah, my cousin actually what has a dick bag. My cousin actually has burned scars from when he was attacked by firebenders. You fucking shitbag. Check your privilege, you, check your privilege, Tarlock. You fucking shitter. Uh, the second one. Didn't she, she just beat him by like, 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 bamfing the fuck out? I think she sacked, I think like the like uh, Rava, like the the spirit inside of her that gave her the avatar state, like sacrificed itself to lock the evil version inside the tree and then destroy it. And ba- basically, Korra keeps like getting Deus Ex Machina into winning is what I'm getting at. She doesn't really like like she gets lucky. Yeah, in the in the third season, I know that I I believe she fucking actually beat uh she beat that guy. But was it, was it, it Earth Kingdom General in the third season? No, that was the fourth. I season. I never watched the third season. The third season was one of I the never, best. I, I never got past the second season. Like I finished the second season and. Like, I haven't gone back yet. Basically. Yeah, the third season basically introduced, like, this... I love how we're in news and we're talking about uh, Legend of Korra. Yeah, of course we <laughs> fucking are. Like, hey, spoilers, that's it for news. But yeah, like, the like the third season is about a... Like, you remember the White Lotus organization? Yeah. It, this introduced the Red Lotus organization and introduced uh, Zaheer and his cronies, which was, uh, which was, like, daughter of Sparky Sparky Boom Man. Uh, like... Water tentacle lady and lava bender. Oh yeah, the the like the specialty elementalists and shit. Yeah, and like how and like they were trying to, they were trying to like either wipe out the avatar state and the avatar entirely, or manipulate the avatar into following into like believing their idea of just like complete fucking chaos. Just dismantling of all nations and all forms of structure and returning back to a world where we lived side by side with spirits. Which has its ups and downs. Uh, Mostly downs. Yeah, mostly downs. But. eh. Yeah, like. Like, Honestly, if you're just here for news and commentary on what we've watched, you can just stop now. (laughs) Leave a comment telling us that we're dumbasses for keeping rambling. Uh, we love you, but like we're just we're probably gonna be talking about Cora for the next half hour. Yeah, like she just she just beat the fuck out of him. Like she got the Avatar state back, which is like yo get fucked, fuck your shit. Yeah, and then the fourth season is the one where uh, it's uh, it's Kuvira voiced by Zelda Williams, a character introduced in season three. And then, F, then elevated to the main villain in season four, where she became a tyrant. 
I can't see how this could possibly go wrong. Yeah, and I believe in the uh, people I'm watching on YouTube, they're about to get to the bit where uh, Kuvira claps the fuck out of Korra in front of her entire army. Yeah, Korra is not the best avatar. No, but she is but a... She's she an, does in, learn. She is an interesting character. Like, she is she is so much the opposite of Aang. In, like, mentality, temperament... Her, like, bending... Behavior. Cap- yeah, behavior. Like, she is... Uh, honestly, if we're actually going back to the thing we're talking about in the news, if they were to make, like, the live-action Korra, then it would not surprise me if they de-aged her to, like, 13. You know, the only thing that she shares with Aang is an attraction to women. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like Aang, uh, that that part of her character was not introduced until the very end in a bullshit reveal that left everyone really unsatisfied. <laughs> Fucking second to last episode, here's energy bending. Now you can take his bending away. That was some fucking bullshit. Just, just the entire fucking series. Just, okay, how do we get, okay, you, hey, Aang, you may need to kill somebody. And literally everyone is telling him that. And then a fucking lion turtle's like, JK, bro. Nah, bro, you good, you good. Yeah, just fucking poke him. Like, jab his forehead. You don't have to be super precise. Like, it helps the more precise you are, the better. But, yeah, just flick, cha, him, in, bro, you flick cool. him on the forehead, twist his nipples, and then he'll fucking, like, absorb his energy and send his bending away. Now, honestly, he could probably break free eventually, but you don't care about that, do you? That's a future world problem. That's not a you problem. Yeah, that's that's future Aang's worry. Present Aang is fine. Got the sick-ass light show, got the girl, got a boat, got a bro who's also, who's also a king, so hey, fucking no taxes. Technically, I'm the ruler of my country now. Yeah, all I gotta do is repopulate the Earth Nation. So, hey, Katara, zip. Let's get busy. <laughs> I just want the. I just want the cycle, man. That's all I want. I just want. I just want two more seasons. I just want two more fucking series of TV, like three seasons each. That's six seasons of fucking TV. Maybe movie after that. Who knows? Did it work for Community? I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me. Uh, anyway. That's it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back. Probably. With more of this. Probably. Maybe we'll do games eventually. Yeah, at some point. But until all then, we got stuff coming out. We got things. Things are happening. Things are moving. They're grooving. They're beating the hacker at his game. Hell yeah, brother. But until all that stuff, I'm dead. And I'm Cave. We will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Have a wonderful time. <laughs>